God at work. Uh, and thanks for reading, uh, for reading that passage, the passage we are actually considering today. Actually, I was preparing for this message even before last week's message because I find that in this passage, I could actually, in, to prepare the sermon, I have to actually read the whole of Acts. And I would like to impress that there are few very domineering thoughts in Acts. Domineering thoughts in Acts. And I find that this passage sort of capture those domineering thoughts. And of course, domineering, domineering thought is God is at work. God is at work. God is at work. Now, you will find that uh, what I have to share are something very fundamental, something we actually should know through the years or even the short time we actually hear people preach of this, to me, three important areas in our Christian life of how God works. But before we actually approach that, I'd like to actually ask us to think something in the background, in the background, even as we consider these three dominating thought. The first thing is that he involved me, you and me, in this work. He involved you and me in this work. But the question is, I am really not necessary. He can make the rocks. He can make the donkey, the fish, and to the other extent, the angelic being to do that work. What is his purpose for me to get involved in this work? When I was searching on this, it helped me to reflect on what he wants out of the little things I do in his kingdom. I think it's very important for us to reflect that back so we can actually try to get nearer to what God's will for us, our calling, God's purpose for us. God's purpose for us. So keep this thought behind as I actually deal on some very fundamentals as given by this passage. So he involved you and me in this work. I put me because I want to actually push myself into a squeeze. I'm really not necessary. It's really true. I'm not really necessary as the main agent of that. What is his purpose still to put me there to do that work? What is his purpose for me? Now, God is at work first through his words, through his word. Now, we have this read to us. Now, when those who were scattered because of the persecution that rose over Stephen, they traveled. They've traveled. And what did they do? They preached. They shared. They preached to the Jews and they preached to the non-Jews too. Now, it was not Peter's engagement with Cornelius which was the start 
of the mass evangelism of the Gentile. It was actually this Christian who was scattered to, to Cyprus and Cyrene. And they were preaching to even the Gentile. Even the Gentile. So, God already has his plan at work. God, but what I want to uh, uh, bring forth here is the preaching of his word. The bringing of the gospel as something so important and fundamental. It's not only here, but I brought it here because it is scattered all around Acts that the preaching of the word, the preaching of the word, the sharing of the gospel, they share the gospel and the number multiply. They share the gospel. It becomes something the church do as very fundamental and very important because the word of God, even through the letters of Paul, the word of God, the proclamation, it's called the proclamation, the charisma, the proclamation is what the home mission is all about. Back to really bare basis, it is the word of God, which is the most important. Which is the most important. Bare basics. Now, the subset of it could be, in a Christian world, we actually have subset. For example, the subset of it is, I and Chin went to the games, the, 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 the youth game yesterday. The subset is we actually use the cultural uh, things we have, we love sport, and then we know that at the night, they're going to have a rally. The children are going to, the, the, the kids are going to hear the word of God preached. And that is important. That is important. If you lay a long line to what you're going to do as a mission, as your calling, please, at the end of the line, please pull back. That is the necessary, the word of God. Now, our life, I will have to, I was really taking it very hard and very seriously because personally, I do not believe my life, even at the best portrayal of a Christian, will be good enough to replace the Word of God. Now, it was stated that St. Francis of Assisi stated that preach the Word if necessary, use Word. First thing is, he never said that. He never said that. Just Google. It was never in his writing. And you Google that, you find that everybody was, was saying, look here, this is the most misquoted as regard to this area. St. Francis of Assisi never, never, never read that, never, never spoke that, never through verbal to his disciple too. In fact, in my study, I have to read his writing. In fact, St. Francis of Assisi loved God's word. And based on God's word, he actually formulated his thought on prayer. His thought on prayer. And if you Google, for example, Zondervan Academic, they say that, you know, unfortunately, preacher used that. It sounds cool to create a dichotomy between work, practicing your good life, and preaching God's word, and to actually pull down those who actually find the necessary to bring the God's word. I think we have to be very careful. 
God's word is preached. And you find that although this, in the book of Acts, Christ is preached in the, the, the narrative of how from old, the king, uh, what they call God has a plan and it ended up on the cross and it ended up in the resurrection. This story is told again and again and again. And you might find that it's scared to be a bit, in a way, boring. But this is what they have. They preach Christ and Christ crucified because this is the only thing, the only thing what God used. God used. And it was never that a movement of social concern is never a movement of what you call, social justice. In fact, there are slaves and all that still practiced during that time. They know that they have to preach. Bare minimum is, is God's word. And it's God's word. And it's God's word which brought people to the kingdom. God's word that brought people to the kingdom. It's not my work. It's not how good I am. It's not how good I can actually organize a school for kids so that people who actually uh, want to become, going to the school, must actually become Christian first. And that happened. Or to be fed first, they must become Christian first. That enticement is actually, I find, unnecessary, misguided. We do that because we are Christian, but it's not because, because the gospel need that to make people Christian. God's word is sufficient to convict. And how can they know? Unless in, uh, in uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 14, say, somebody must share. Somebody must share. The only way out I see it that we can actually take these words out is by our sharing. But if we feel that the other way out is actually that we have evangelists among us. So that I'm not evangelist, okay? Then I pray for the evangelist, I support the evangelist, and this is the evangelist's job. That could be a, a way out to argue as regard to the scripture. But I think, no, it is actually you and me taking a plain God's words, plain God's word to the, to the people, plain, plainly, the full gospel. So I, I have to, in this strong statement, I have to actually uh, sit on the shoulder of, of John Stock. John Stock says that, you know, uh, he quote that today, Unfortunately, he heard from the Buddhist monk that the Christian have become adolescent now, that they are ashamed of their father. And what he means to say that we are getting to a point where we are even ashamed of the gospel because, you know, we, we, are, we have grown up to that stage. And Alistair MacLean says, Alistair MacLean, uh, you know, in his preaching about evangelism, he says that it's not that we command ourselves to the world. We commend Jesus Christ to the world. We are never good enough. Never good enough. In the Gospel Coalition, uh, which is supported by John Piper and Don Carson, if you may know the name, he says that the story must be told. The story must be told. He means the Gospel. The story must be told. 
So in the subset of doing all these kind of things, we may be involved in a lot of other ministry to be opening doors, opening doors. But find opportunities. Find opportunity. Pray for opportunity. Look for opportunity to share the gospel. I regret many times I do a lot of activities and then miss the chance. There was a Freemason in Maryborough, Chin's patient, and he became good friend with the family, he and the wife. And he even invited me to the Freemason meeting. I'm, I'm sure he's trying to do something. You know, I remember myself going to the Freemason meeting in my jeans and my T-shirt. When I went into the room, they took me to in, in, into this room, which is full of paraphernalia, and all of them were in coat and tie. And I was standing there with my T-shirt and my jeans looking around. I really did not feel... <laughs> but anyway, we made friends with him. I went to his house and tried to get to know him a lot. And then one day he came to uh, give me a call and I was actually doing some work in my properties development. And he said, look here, I was diagnosed with cancer. Gene diagnosed, I mean, got the report. And he and wife met me, met me at, the, at, the, at, the, uh, at the job site. And I laid my hand and prayed for him, that God will heal him. You know, and we, I told him about the church and all that. But if I recall all the things I told him, I never actually shared with him that this is the plan of the gospel. I never shared with him till too late. A few months later, he passed away, and I recall that I've done all the things. Be friend with him. You know, encourage him to come to our Bible study, but he didn't. Tell him I'm a Christian. But I never actually took him and shared with him that in this is the gospel. Pray for his sickness and hope God will seal him. But never share the gospel. And he passed away. I think if we lay a long line, please at certain moment, please have, have your conscience, have a moment to share the gospel, share God. God loves them. They need God as saviour. God just does not love them and everything. They need to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord and Savior. Jesus is Lord and Savior. So, uh, so that's the first thing. Through His Word, His Word is very important. His Word, uh, because it's through His Word, not through me. Through His Word, the, 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 the mystery of His Word working in people's life, that people can be saved. Through His Word. Then, next thing, it threw his spiritual gift to the church. We read here about Agabus. Now, Agabus having this prophetic gift, he foresee the famine. He foresee the famine. Not only that, in Acts chapter 21, Agabus saw that Paul were, if he will go to Jerusalem, proceed on to Jerusalem, he will be imprisoned, captured by the authority. Agabus having the spiritual gift of prophecy. And in, in, in Acts 20, 21, 2, Philip, the evangelist, has few daughters who are also prophet, prophesying, prophesying. So in the Acts here, I read about 
spiritual gift being actually liberally given to the church. Spiritual gift. Spiritual gift. Peter, in one of the first sermons, he says, he was quoting Joel. He says what? Chapter 2. And in the last days, it shall be declared, it shall be, God declared, that I will pour out my spirit to all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see vision, and your old men dream dream. Even on my male servant and female servant, in these days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. When Peter says this, he was meaning to tell them that this, from that point, when they see all this speaking on tongues and uh, various tongues, that is the start of the last days. And it's now too. I question God. Where are the gifts that you have given? And unless this is not the last day. This is the promise of God. So, one thing I find scattered around the, 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 Acts, Acts, the book of Acts is spiritual gift. People are healed. People are healed. And through that, there are many who came to know the Lord. So there's a lot of using of spiritual gift to fulfill the spiritual function of the church. Spiritual function of the church. So God gives spiritual gift. Now there is, there is, there is a a stand, doctrinal stand by some Christian who are also quite uh, knowledgeable about that spiritual gift have ceased because we have the perfect, which is the word of God. But remember, but if you know that this is a stand which is actually brought to the church uh, about 100 years ago, it is not actually something we actually trace back and say, look here, this is something after the, we got the Bible and then this is stopped. It's only a hundred years ago. About hundred years ago. So we had to question ourselves. So what I'm saying here is this. Now I don't speak in tongue. I long for it. I pray for it. But the Lord didn't give to me. But I think that should we consider, ask ourselves again and again, God, yes, I can do many things for you. I can go drive to the spot and get my trailer back, help a bit and that. Uh, God, is there a spiritual gift you want to give me which actually, so that people can see that it's you working, not that I have that gift and then I'm the more superior spiritual being. No. But God can work because I'm open to use that spiritual gift. So if we want to say that uh, the church is to model ourselves, not like Rick Warren's purpose-driven life, just a purpose-driven church like that, but actually I haven't read the book, so I do not say too much. But if we will say that the church that is a model for the church found in the act, 
then we should actually consider spiritual gift as one of the things we have to consider within our church too. Spiritual gift. Where are we at in the area of spiritual gift? The third is through their prayers to him. Through their prayers to him. <laughs> now we read a very interesting story about it, it, it starts being quite a sad happening that James was put to death. James was put to death in Acts chapter 12, verse 1, by Herod, James, the brother of John, Peter, James, and John. James was put to death. I'm sure during that time, when James was captured to be put to death, the church would have prayed. Prayed. But ended up, James was put to death too. But the second part of it, when the church prayed, what happened? Peter was released from prison. Now, the atheist will say, when you pray, it's like tossing the, the coin. It will fall head or tail. Like say, to be uh, James put to death is tail. Uh, James released is head. You toss, it will fall out on one of the other. So you cannot say that, you know, it is God's intervention. The answer is binary, yes or no. And you say yes and no is still the answer, then you're kidding yourself. You know what I mean? Okay. I pray that, uh, let me see, okay. Okay, I pray that James will be released from prison, that he will actually not be killed. If James is released from prison and not killed, I say God answers his prayer, right? But if James passed away because he is killed, would I still say God answered the prayer? God doesn't answer the prayer as I want it to be. So, but, but the but the 80s would say, no, you are just playing with words. You are just playing with words. All right. So prayer to them doesn't work. You are just playing with words. You are just playing with words. Either way, you say God answers, which is not fair. They would assume that when you pray. It's like taking the genie, the, the, the lamb, the, the lamb, and you rub the lamb and out comes the genie. And whatever you ask for must be given according to what you ask for. And that is the proof that the genie is alive, that God is alive. That is the argument. That's the argument. But here we find that it is not necessary that way. Okay, they prayed, James was put to death. James was put to death. But here when they pray for Peter to be rescued, Peter who was chained on both hands, there were 16 guards assigned to him. All around. Impossible situation. Impossible situation. And God sent the angel in such an impossible,
impossible situation, God wrote his signature that he is the one who answers prayer. Do you get what I mean? It was such a way that there's not a possibility, not a faint possibility, that Peter would be rescued in that situation. Chain, two hands, changed. 16 guards around him, and the 16 guards are, you know, the Roman guard. They, they are the top of the, the pack. And if they fail their duty, what happened? They are killed. So you have that situation, an impossible situation. And God says, that's not impossible for me. I could have rescued James as well, but it's not my will. I will do according to my will. Impossibility is not a question to him. So when God answers prayer, we can ask God and we pray to God. Even in impossible situation, and it's his will, his hand is not shortened. His hand is not shortened. God can do the impossible. The impossible. Even if it will actually seem that he moved so much thing just to, 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 to answer that prayer, he will. He will. I will take it in my life in one occasion that he did that. He did that. I have shared this about how even as a, a, a youth, uh, being faced to actually say that I would not, I was facing an exam, a, a serious exam, a really serious exam. If I don't pass that paper, I'm doomed. And some people say, look here, the exam paper dropped off the truck. You know what I mean? And this is the exam paper. I was just a fresh Christian. I said, no, as a Christian, I cannot do that. But I said, no, it's, you look at it. You know, you prepare for the exam and then, you know, uh, who knows? This is not a, it, 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 it could be a fake, fake news. You know, but prepare for it. So I said, that my conscience does not allow me to do that. And that is the weakest subject in my whole, or the season of my subject. It's a language subject. It's the most important paper. I fail that paper, I'm out. So that's the case. But my friend in the tuition, they all was passing around and they were so happy. Then they were actually writing all the answers, pet answers, how to answer is the essay answer. They, they wrote the essay, how to write the essay. And when I went to the exam hall, I did the exam and all that kind of thing. I came out, I said, yes, my, I probably will just pass the paper because I'm not so good at it. And, and if they mark the, in, in terms of the, giving the mark in terms of a, a, a graph, uh, I probably get a P and I will just scrape to maybe make my exam. But when I came out, almost the whole school who to take the exam was so happy because they have got the paper and my heart dropped to the floor. I said, God, if they were to mark according to their ability, knowing the question, I'm dead. I'm dead. I can't do it. So I went to the rest of the exam like in the haze of a cloud over my shell. But what happened later was, uh, for the first time, it involved the whole country. That paper was declared null and void. 
and I have to, and everybody have to see the paper again. Now I do not know how you interpret it. For personally, I think God have actually moved the whole country for me, and I said it a second time. I just managed to get, as I say, a deserving P pass. You know, but to me, in that scenario, God can move the whole world. God can move the whole world if you actually consciously fall into the will, pray with your conscience free. If not, he'll give you peace. He'll give you peace. So believe that God can, can, can actually answer your prayer. He can. He can. So that is what I say that in the book of Acts, the church was a praying church. The church was a praying church because they know God can move. God. Of course, eventually, Paul was put in prison because he knows that was God's will for him. He moved on. Eventually, they actually suffer. Peter was crucified upside down. This, and like James, they, they actually gone through the, 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 the misfortune. But importantly is they gone through it with God they are assured of God's mercy, God's mercy. And they are assured that within that God's will, they have, they have faith that their welfare in God is always taken. So, when I look at this big thing, that in the Acts, God's words being preached is very important, the church. In the book of Acts, the church actually utilizes spiritual gifts to actually multiply the church, to reach out. It was not their ability to do a lot of subset, to make themselves more, uh, uh, what do you call, uh, uh, enduring for the, 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 the neighbors and all that. Uh, but it was true. His word, spiritual gift, and they see God working through prayer. I find that become a very domineering thought through the book of Acts. Through the book of Acts. Through the book of Acts. So when I ask myself this question, as I say, God, you know, it's through your word, not through me. You know, you know word can come many ways. Why, you, why, why I, I'm, I'm being used? Or it's the spiritual gift. It's your spiritual gift and you can actually do this healing and all that without me too. And when I see prayer, I actually ask myself, why? Why God used me? And this, ha- this is the question when I, I sort of ask myself when I, I had that short episode of a, a heart attack. You know, and uh, it was a miracle that uh, it was detected. The, 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 the symptom was so small but the danger was so big that according to Chin and my friend, they say, you know, that is a widow maker. That means, you know, Chin would make a widow. I'll be six foot underground. But when people say, oh, you know, God has some unfinished work for you, it's flattering. But I don't believe it. I believe it's what? That I'm an unfinished product and God has some more things for, for me to change. To learn, it's not that uh, God need me to, to to break new ground or do things. No, I always look at all this. Is that 
Finally, it's God using whatever calling He gave for me to change me. To change me. It is for my preparation to be ready for His kingdom. For His kingdom. So I, I find that I do not know how you reflect yourself on this, but this is how I reflect myself. That's why I use the word, why God, why do you use me? Because in all this context of serving Him and all that, while there's some fruits and results, but most of all, it is actually God changing me, bringing up the rough ages, taking up the rough ages, taking up the rough ages, taking up the rough ages. It's not that I, I, I am not safe. It's not that I'm not safe unless I have all this done. But I'm sort of transformed. I'm transformed so that you know, I'm more ready when I see him. And it ends up with this. Can I? The parody of Herod. The last part is, to me, is actually a, a horrible horrible uh, thing, but I find it like a parody of a, a king who is all work up and to, 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 to be so, to project himself so much. But God just snapped her. Why snap him and he actually uh, died uh, because of stomach pain? Well, that's what Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat is a, a, a historian, He's a historian. He also wrote on this account how Herod passed away. Josephus was a historian about maybe 40, 50 years after this happening. Writing of this incident, he says that uh, after Herod made this speech, because Herod is the important man, is record, he actually had stomach ache. He went to the back and he died. And here the Bible says he actually was eaten by a worm. But I take it as a warning. What Joseph said uh, for me, what Josephus was trying is to actually elevate himself. Elevate himself. You see, you know, when he, people say you are like God, he actually feels he's like God. He's God. I think it's a warning for myself. And I look and say, you know, how can this, how can I actually fall on the same kind of trend thinking? a trend of thing, a thought. If in my service I actually long for recognition, I must correct myself. If in my service I find that it's a competition, it's a competition, I must correct myself. If in my serving the Lord, I'm possessive, that this is all that to it, and not the glory of God, I must think through again and again. Because all this is for the Lord. So, Sorry for me to be rambling, rambling through. But I find that these three major thoughts in the whole book of Acts, God's words is important, prayer is important, and spiritual gifts are very important in the model of the early church. So 
uh, if these are the major thoughts, I, I leave it to you.